Welcome to Crime Time. You're listening to Leonetti's Detection Selection. Welcome back to Crime Time, Season 5, Episode 13. I'm Lee, that's Eddie. We are a podcast talking about mystery, sci-fi, horror, and crime fiction. Welcome. Wow, you really changed it around. I mixed it up. Wow, you're chip-chopping. Keep me on my toes. Keeping you on your toes. Well, guess what? I don't have any toes. What are we talking about today? Boom, we're talking about Rowan Wilson, daughter of Bad Time. We damn sure are. Talk about the Joker, mm. also known as Joker. <laughs> yeah, bloody Joker. <laughs> uh, and we're talking about The Prodigy. Eddie and I, before we started uh, recording, Eddie was like, I need to make a joke about The Prodigy, like the musical group. You know, the, <laughs> the rock band, The Prodigy. <laughs> and then they were like, what's a Prodigy song? And neither of us could think of one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, the one that goes like, somebody once told me the world we're gonna... You know that's the, yeah. the prodigy? Yeah, 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 I think it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Boom, Rowan Wilson. Tell me about it. Daughter of Bad Times. Oh, I've got so much to tell you about this. This book was released by Alan and Unwin about a year ago. True. He wrote a previous book called The Roving Party and he's won a shit ton of awards. Whoa. So he won the Victorian Premier's Literary Award, right. which we know is very prestigious. Yeah. And yeah. he also won the Australian Literary Prize. I mean, that one sounds made up. Uh, they're major. I googled them. It all checks out. Alright, yeah. All right. So he wrote this book called Daughter of Bad Times and it won mad awards, right? Like, yeah, okay. So it was released in 2019. It was such a compelling read. It's like a dystopian thriller novel. Whoa. Uh, but it's not fun in any way. I wouldn't call this book fun. <laughs> you know, sometimes you read like dystopian thrillers and they're not... Okay, so I'm thinking like Severance, dystopian thriller. Right, yeah, Lin Ma. Lin Ma. Yeah, and she was, I don't know, it was a ride. Right. This one felt almost painful to read. The, it felt like such a... It was a descent. It felt like such uh, an idea of what realistically we're maybe facing in the future. Oh, Rowan. No, this is no, this is like for real. Um, so we have a particular. This is really going to bring down the show down a few degrees. But a few comedy point. We have really bad laws in Australia about uh, seeking asylum. That's true. So yeah. people are locked up in detention centres yeah. and kept off Australian shores for yeah. for many many years. Yeah, which um recently uh, Baruz Bukhani actually yeah. escaped detention. Well, I guess. I, I don't know if it's an escape per se, but he wasn't like technically released from detention. Yeah, incredible guy. So he wrote this yeah. book through text messages yeah. from the detention centre. Yeah, it's such an intense thing and I'm so glad that he's free, but obviously there's still a lot of people who aren't. Yeah, I saw him interviewed the other day and like, you know, some reporter is like, you know, what does it feel like to be free? And he's like, all of my friends are still there. Yeah, I just think about what starts as soon as you are released. Yeah. That's not... Yeah, it's not solved anything. No. He still has to claim asylum somewhere else. It's very possible that his deal to settle in the US uh, will be undermined by the fact that he left detention. And, like, the trauma, man. Yeah. Like, the trauma of escaping yeah. where you're escaping from and then locked up in a detention centre. For six years with no, with no hope. Like, you know, you've got government ministers saying you're never getting out. Mm. It's just horrifying. But it's yeah. It's just... It's just awful. So so Rowan Wilson is writing about that? Well, he set up this, this story where in the not-so-distant future, there are immigration detentions that are serving as manufacturing plants and exploiting right. free labour. Which is something that a lot of <sighs> states do. Like, yeah. a lot of nations do this sort of thing where they have prison inmates, for example, in the US <sighs> is such a... Uh, such an example of that where they're basically doing slave labor they do it here um, as well yeah so it's become more rife they're using 
migrants they're using people who are seeking asylum yeah and it's like also commenting on i guess like global warming and yeah. capitalism yeah. because they're like eco refugees like yeah. they don't they're not even refu- refugees they call them like some other name right what was it um like they're non-citizens so because right. they're because of, their countries are no longer livable they're no longer livable or so they're been, like underwater they're stateless they're stateless so they wow. have literally no rights yeah and they're locked up in these detention centers and used for labor yeah yeah which yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense given the trajectory of Australia's current policies. Yeah, I feel like it's not so much a a fictional novel, but a comment. And when I say it was difficult to read, I'm being very truthful. It was like looking, I guess, looking into a mirror of what our country looks like. Yeah. Which is not something I generally shy away from, but I guess like reading this book, it was... It was a real hit to the heart. I highly recommend it. It was a brilliant novel. There's some stories interwoven in there as well about a young guy that's locked up in a detention centre and he's having a relationship with this very rich, powerful woman whose mother, like, runs the detention centres. Wow. But don't be put off. It's not weird saviour romance novel. It's it's good and I'll get amongst it. You would say that it's kind of horrifying on a more kind of visceral, political level. I felt it in my body and I, at moments, didn't want to read it, even though I found it thrilling if that makes sense yeah like not thrilling in an exciting way like captivating yeah 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 i mean it sounds a lot like the swan book by alexis rye i've never read it but i've heard all about it yeah yeah which depicts this kind of uh future where there are these kind of climate refugees and that that's such a huge issue and then you've got cities that are slowly sinking underwater and people just walking through sort of like knee deep water to try and find places that there's ground yeah get amongst it though rowan wilson the daughter of bad times so I went to the movies the other day because oh. I was like, you know what sucks? The world collapsing. Yeah. I'll go watch a fun romp. You went and saw Hustlers. That's what I went and saw last <laughs> week. Was it good? It's so good. Amazing. J-Lo is a queen. Woo! She's just like gets better and better and better. I remember she's like watching. She's like a fine wine. She's like a fine wine. Remember Made in Manhattan? Oh, I was, was just. That was a crime. It was I love that film. Oh no, it's a great film, but I'm just like, you know, she's always she's always had that potential, but she's never been given Her acting is yeah. amazing. She's an amazing actor. Yeah. And singer and dancer and like Maybe highly recommend cell. Hustlers. The Cell. We went and was saw that it. That yeah, it was Jayla, yeah. yeah. We went and saw it in like year ten as our <gasps> final like you know, at the end of the year at school you do like an excursion. Like a muck up day? Yeah, something like that. But you do you go and do something fun. Ours was going to see the cell at High Point Cinema. What in the? Maribyrnong. <laughs> Your teachers took you to see that? Yeah, I don't know. That is art. Yeah, I don't know how they got around that. Like a bunch of kids in their school uniform showed up and they're like, oh, we're here to see the cell. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> what the fuck? Your school? <laughs> I can't really explain it. <laughs> so I went to, I was like, what's a fun film to cheer me up? After that review that Lee did, because that was fucking horrible. I was like, oh, oh Joker. That sounds fun. A little bit of a joker, a little bit of ha ha ha, oh, jester, you know what I'm saying? Clown, uh-huh, uh-huh. fun, wasn't fun. No, no. I guess it's the year of the clowns, eh? Pennywise. Right, Pennywise. All those clowns standing outside of forests and shit. That was a thing for a while there, wasn't it? Like oh, two years yeah, ago. for sure. People get spotting clowns just standing around. Yeah. So I think this kind of really taps into that. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the contemporary <laughs> pulse. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Joaquin Phoenix. Love him. He does that classic thing like, you know when Christian Bale is like, look, I lost all of my body weight and some of my muscles. Yes. And you're like, Christian Bale, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not well. What's it called? It's like, um, 
there's a term for it. Where they like starve for like, a role. Like method acting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you went yeah. like full method, like really like lanky and stuff. I'm like, that can't be good for you. Yeah. That's, you know, aside from that. Look, that's just our opinion. <laughs> this is, in, in my humble opinion, I think starving yourself too near death for a movie part is uh, questionable at best. Questionable. Yeah. But I guess he's probably got millions of dollars, so he's probably fine. Yeah, someone's managing him that whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably a team. It, it was actually in the end credits, there was like uh, Joaquin Phoenix's. Um, weight loss supervisor like oh. advisor oh, okay so i'm like that's cool like it's way less of this kind of machinist kind of situation where you've got yeah, right. christian yeah, bell yeah. who looks like he's literally dying yeah. and you're like christian yeah. don't do that look this ain't any of our business <laughs> that's true that's true that's true <laughs> so it's really interesting because joker you know like the most recent iteration of joker was that Jared Leto thing yes. in Suicide Squad. And that was just, like, almost embarrassing. Like, you were like... Ooh. Yeah, I am the hugest Batman fan. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen the Joker yet. You're a big Bat fan. But I'm coming for it. Yeah, you're coming for it. Um, but I, I Joker is one of my favourite characters. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, do you have a favourite Joker? Look, I have a couple. Yeah. So I really love... Obviously, I love Heath Ledger's oh, Joker. Beautiful. Heath Ledger's yeah. Joker, amazing. Awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Mm. I also really love Mark Hamill's Joker in the oh. animated... He, he, he does the voice of, of the animated Joker. Oh, I haven't it's, seen that. Oh, it's so good. He just does this, like, really great voice. Um, I also really love the Joker in that original Batman TV series that had Eartha Kitt in it. Yeah, yeah. Because the guy who played the Joker refused to shave his mustache. I saw. And they just painted it over, and he looked fucking intense. I saw this tweet that was like, uh, "Us actors out there trying to get any kind of job whatsoever, this guy won't even shave his mustache." <laughs> Um, my favorite Joker was uh, Jack Nicholson. You love Jack Nicholson. I think Joker. I don't know if it was just because I was at a particular age yeah. when I like took in that yeah. media or something, but he was just so creepy. And I think it was like his relationship with Kim Basinger right, at the time, right, uh, yeah. like in the film. Yeah. It was just so creepy. I yeah. just remember being so impacted by it. Yeah, fully. Mm. So this Joker, I think, really leans into like the traditional Joker trajectory. Right? Is he's like some guy? He falls into some. <sighs> could be saying this really wrong what who, who gives a shit nerds come at me <laughs> <laughs> myself included um so he like falls in some kind of like industrial waste at yes. some point um so the point of joker is that he becomes accidentally criminally insane the only reason i know this is because i knew i used to know this total nerd who was doing a psychology degree who was like talking about uh moral responsibility and they were like if you took something that you knew could turn you criminally insane, mm. then you're morally responsible for anything you do after that point, oh, right? Interesting. But if you, like the Joker, was her example, yeah, yeah, became accidentally criminally insane, then you're not actually like culpable. Like you didn't do that on purpose. What was her opinion? I'm like, it's interesting, but also, ah, I reckon that's weird. <laughs> it's a whack shit. Like, what is choice? Yeah, what is choice? <laughs> I, and, I think and about... also, what is insanity? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like. Yeah, people talk about this in regards to, like, methamphetamine use. Like, you know that it makes you, like, act in a particular way, but you take it anyway. So is that a choice? And I'm like, is it a choice? Like, like, in this hellhole that we live in, how many real choices do we actually have? Sorry, anyway, get back to the Joker. Sorry to that nerd. So, yeah, basically this kind of, rather than having a Joker who is, like, some guy who falls in a vat of industrial waste, he starts out as a person who's not well. You know, he's he's obviously suffered from psychosis. He's recently been um, discharged from uh, inmate asylum, inmate psychiatric hospital. Mm. And he's working as a clown 
so he's working as a clown who like holds a sign on the street and he's like yeah come into the shop kind of thing and he's just like having a hard time it's set against this backdrop that is so interesting in that there's a strike going on and it's the rubbish collectors mm. so you've just got the streets of Gotham covered in garbage mm. and so this is this like such an interesting backdrop is that like this city that is refusing to take care of itself or to take care of its people mm. and I think that that's like fundamentally what the film is about that like the Joker he's got this condition where he laughs uncontrollably. It's not got anything to do with whether or not he thinks something's funny. He just uh, starts laughing. I didn't know that. Right. No, no, in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know. I don't, I don't really know much about the film. I just know that there was... Before it dropped, there was that big uproar that it was, like, uh, related to that incel stuff. Like, that they were, like, yeah. justifying, like, male violence or something. Yeah, which I think... Look, I can understand why some people feel that way. And I think there's ways to read it that way. Uh, I also just think that... And I think... I'm sure I've said this before, but, like, every... Every media, there's multiple ways to look at it. And I wouldn't argue against someone else's reading of that. For sure. And I think since it's dropped, people are like, oh, actually, it's far more nuanced than we thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think the thing that's really interesting is you see how vulnerable he is to violence as someone who's visibly mentally ill. Mm. So he'll be like on public transport and he'll suddenly start laughing. And then like a bunch of drunk lads will be like, why are you laughing? And they'll like, you know, like, and he gets like beat up and stuff. Yeah. And so you kind of have this... It's kind of heavy-handed, actually, which I kind of love, where he's got this uh, court-mandated counsellor who's going to be helping him, like, get a job, do life skills, talk about his feelings, all of that kind of stuff. She's obviously overworked, under um, staffed, under-resourced, and she's, like, trying to, like, manage things, but she's also, like, deeply burnt out. Mm. And then at some point she's like, well, they're cancelling my job the whole department's closing down you're not getting the support anymore uh, and he just gets worse yeah of course he gets worse yeah. he's, he's the inadequate support he had is no longer there and he like you know he loses his job he is like uh an incident happens which i'm not gonna kind of reveal but like and people start to get obsessed with this clown and it was him mm. and so he starts to get this kind of fantasy world where he's famous he's this big deal. He's important. He's important. Mm. And so he's experienced this importance as this clown figure. So he's like, oh, that's me. I'll become this clown figure. I'm powerful. Oh my God, I love this. So, I, I've heard it's such a character piece, but it's, it sounds so interesting. Honestly, it's phenomenal. And it's so stressful. And there's so many moments like he's a clown and he walk, and he's dressed as a clown and he walks at this one point into a cinema. Mm. And that's such an intense moment, obviously, because of the shooting that happened in the US where someone dressed as a clown, as the Joker, yeah. walked into a cinema and, and shot people. I heard people say it might have been a questionable thing to do, but I would love to hear your opinion. <sighs> so I think it would have been questionable if you walked into a cinema and opened fire. Mm. I think that would have been awful. But I think that it was something... I think it was important to have that moment happen where you've got someone who's unwell and unsafe mm. and unsafe for himself and unsafe for others and... What, what do you do? How should the society respond? And I think that that's the question that's being raised. Like, it's showing how they shouldn't respond. Mm. I don't necessarily think it has great answers. Yeah. I also think that there's maybe a few too many moments of humour that I didn't love. But I think the fundamental thing for me that I really loved about it is he is the unreliable narrator. Like, I think I've spoken about this a lot in books, but you also get it in films where you've got this unreliable narrator. And there's these moments that happen... Where me as a viewer, I was like, that would never happen. Yeah. That would never happen. That's not a thing. Yeah. And then later, you realise it didn't happen. Yeah. He just 
believed it happened. I really like an unreliable narrator in film. Yeah. There's something about seeing it's, like a visual depiction of different, yeah. particularly when you're seeing like the real slash or yeah. different perspectives. Yeah. 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 And, and I think you were talking about that with the the affair, which is that yes. TV yeah, yeah, show yeah, yeah. where I they was... have all of those different perspectives on the one situation. And I think that the thing that I really loved about this is he knows he's mentally ill. Mm. And this is the thing. Like, I'm like, everyone I know knows about their like diagnosis they know yeah, that this, they have psychosis yeah. there's this old school thing that people that are crazy don't know they're crazy they don't know they're crazy it's like, and I'm it's like, like that's not a real thing <coughs> i mean maybe when you're acutely unwell yeah you might not in have insight yeah. but more generally people are incredibly burdened mm. and there's this moment where he realizes that something he's been experiencing for a significant portion of the film was psychosis yeah and he's not shocked he's upset yeah but he knows that's what it is and he just adjust his behavior accordingly oh this sounds like a deep deep it's, deep dive it's a really deep dive and it, it's got so many moments in it like he wants to be a comedian and he's not funny yeah right he's yeah. not he's not really funny yeah. and then he's got this thing where when he's nervous he laughs so people think he thinks he's really funny oh, geez. yeah but no i would say in terms of the acting really strong really well done really i think sensitively done i think you can see that there was a moment or a few moments in his life before the film and during the film where some kind of support or intervention might have helped mm. and that that doesn't happen and and that that is the refusal of the city to take care of itself to take yeah. care of its people and i think that yeah i think it's a really good film it's also really aesthetic yeah i can't wait to see it i might even go today and see it go see it man get amongst it um i've heard people comment I, I you know working in mental health particularly in psychosis where i work workers people that work in that this field always want people to know that people who have like schizophrenia or psychosis they're at way more risk of being hurt than they ever Absolutely. would be hurting others like yeah. such a such they, they experience violence at such mm. disproportionate mm. rates mm. to their peers that mm. um you know people are often afraid because they're acting a little bit out of character or mm. like mm. what you what you think people should be behaving like in public but just remember that that person is way more at risk of violence yeah. than ever hurting you 100 percent. and i think that that's really reflected in the film like the violence that he does engage in is initially as a result of his experiences of being victimized mm. and i think that eventually he does get to this point where he is you know, being like randomly violent towards people, which is like a classic Joker trait, yeah. but it takes so many things, so yeah. many failures, so many attacks for him to become the Joker. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing is that the toxic waste that the Joker falls into isn't a vat of green goo, it's the world. Structural yeah. inadequacy. Yeah. So, yeah, I would I would give it five red noses out of five. Um, yeah, like, look, it loses points for me on a few things and I think anyone who's seen it probably knows what those points are but um yeah no I, I just I think it's it's doing a good job it's slightly preachy it's um I think it's doing a good job nice yeah. nice nice boom Eddie it's NaNoWriMo that's true well it's coming up to the end but uh, everyone's out there writing their books whole entire manuscript i know frankly i'm shocked <laughs> i'm shocked and appalled i well i'm so impressed nah, it's so impressive it's a huge feat uh to those of you who have just finished your nanowrimo congratulations congratulations for those of you 
who wrote any part. Congratulations. Congratulations. If you have just written that first draft or you're stuck on the third chapter or a particular character and you don't know where to go next, uh, Eddie and I have designed the service for you. Boom. It's called Rank & Co Readers. We are a professional beta reading service that we launched about six months ago. We're a private and affordable beta reading service with an express turnaround time. So you might have heard of those uh, networks of people which are really great where you send your novel out and someone reads it and they give you their feedback. But most of the time, you know, you send them out and you get nothing back. Or, you know, people are too close to home so they can't give you that objective feedback even if they want to. Or they're your fans, so they're going to give you... They're going to be like, I love it. Or they're going to be like, I wanted this to happen and that's the only thing I'll be satisfied with. Like a misery. Right, yeah, 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 right? (laughs) Like, don't send your book out for beta reading. What is Kathy Bates behind (laughs) I just, I just. But (laughs) we have a really strong reputation already in the last six months that we've been working for providing quality support and we pride ourselves on offering constructive feedback that makes your work stronger. Testimonials on our website from writers we've already worked with. Go check it out, francoreaders.com or alternatively you can go to our website at crimetimepod.com and you can click on the beta reading tab. So, The Prodigy. The Prodigy. Uh, I want to hear you start beatboxing some like techno music or something. Is that what The Prodigy does? I reckon. Is that they do I'm blue. I I hated that song when it was popular. I think it was doing the rounds at the same time as like Mumbo Number Five. So this week I watched a film on Netflix, right? Called The Prodigy. Okay. Uh, It was released in 2019. It obviously didn't do the cinema because. I would have gone and seen it in the cinema. <laughs> I feel like Australia doesn't get all that many kind of films in our cinemas. Like, I feel like, you know, we get the big blockbusters. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. I feel like this film was cinema worthy. Amazing. It was starring that woman from um, Orange is the New Black. She's the main character, the Laverne blonde. Laverne Cox. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Look, to me, Laverne Cox is the main character of that show. No, she, you know, she's like got, she's very white and she has blonde hair and she's the main character. Have you ever seen the show? I have seen the show. It's not ringing any bells. Okay. She's in that. Anyway, so she's the main character in this film. She's the mother of a kid. Right. Okay. Um, and there's this like parallel sequence where she is giving birth and this serial killer is being shot. Okay. Well, I thought you were going to say the serial killer was giving birth as well. Because I'd be like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Double trouble! Turns into like a comedy rom-com. <laughs> it's like the parent trap. Yeah. The trap is actually sore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's a uh, come see our film next year. <laughs> yeah, called uh, Good Kid, Bad Kid. Good Kid, Bad Kid. <laughs> murderous kid is actually not the serial killer's kid yeah Yeah. it was like a switched at birth type scenario anyway i love those books where there's like this really essentialist idea of like a bad (laughs) child being (laughs) born from a bad parent yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i don't believe in it but it's like such good reading material Uh, and can i just love the other thing that i love is uh uh, separated at birth psychic twins who (gasps) find each other if i write a book one day i feel like it's gonna be about that i really don't think it is (laughs) I'm gonna look. I'm keeping this for posterity. If you ever write a book about anything other than separated at birth psychic twins, I love that shit. <laughs> uh, no, so this kid is really, really precocious for its age, right? And like 
doing better than it probably should. Right. But um, all is well. This mum loves the kid. The kid is really cute. But we don't know who the serial killer is who got shot. Is yes. it the kid? Well, there starts to be these signs that maybe <gasps> the serial killer is like possessing the kid. Uh, it's actually so the pretty kid scary. Is a prodigy yeah. At killing. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Uh, it's really well acted. It was really well made. And there were moments where, you know, I'm pretty hard to scare. You know, That's I love true. horror films. But there was a moment where this one little thing happened and I was like, bah! <laughs> you know, I mean, like. I've tried to scare you before. I once dressed entirely in the Scream outfit and chased you with a knife <laughs> and actually stabbed you when you were like, yeah. Go give it a three <laughs> out of five shiny knives. <laughs> then we just had to go to the hospital, but you kept insisting you'd stitch it up yourself. <laughs> So, Prodigy 2019. Look, I don't have much to say about it other than if you want a scary film with, like, a weird, is this kid evil, is this kid not evil, right. um, that is actually well acted and produced, I highly recommend. Right. All right. Well, let's just uh, finish this on with some with some Prodigy. L version. <laughs> 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 um, that's it. I have to cut this guy off. <laughs> We are Primetime Podcast. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, please do. We are on Insta at Primetime Pod. We are on Twitter at Primetime Pod. Check out our website at primetimepod.com. There's also links to our beta reading service, francoreaders.com. Until next time. Spice up your life. <laughs>